On this all-new episode of Discologist, we're going to be spinning great new tunes that we love from Camp Cope, Carson McCone, and then discussing the Blue Note debut of saxophonist Melissa Aldana. So strap on your headphones, kids. It's about to get groovy. Welcome back to Scologist listeners, uh, Eduardo and Kevin coming at you from new mics. Yes. So even though, even though we're the same people, we may sound different because new, new our, our mics, tools have changed. Thanks to the generous contributions of Larry Fisk and uh, somebody, Paul uh, Maudib. I mean, we, I guess we accept yeah. like, <laughs> donations yeah, thanks, from guys. super nerds, but, <laughs> but yes, thank you guys. That, that helps out. Well, we... We love you guys, yes. and uh, and we have these awesome new mics yeah. that we're really e- eager, uh, listeners. You d- you don't know this, but um, Kevin has been very eager to try these, these mics. <laughs> I have been so. I, I've been, well, <laughs> we have the MV seven S's X's, excuse me. So not the USB mic for any tech nerds listening to what we're doing. And for years we had MXL seven seventies. So the ones we have now are like the tiny little cousins of, of a mic called the Shure SM7B, and those sound fantastic. Hopefully these are going to sound fantastic. We'll see. It's better to sound good than to say good things. So at the I very think you're least, right. we'll, we'll sound great, <laughs> even if what we say is garbage. That's so. easily 100 episodes of this podcast. <laughs> well, not this one, because we are coming right. out with some straight fire uh, this week yep. with, uh, with the feature review, and I can't wait to get to that. But um, if you're if you're sort of getting back on the, the discologist uh, train here... Um, we're, we're, we're playing around with a different format and it's, it's been really fun where, where Kevin and I try to surprise each other with uh, a featured track and, um, and we hear it and react in real time. And so I don't know what Kevin is going to play me and he only knows what I'm going to play him as of like 10 minutes ago. Yeah. Yep. So do you want to, do you want to kick us off, Kevin? Um, yeah. I mean, you want me to, uh, you go, I went first last week. So how about, or last time? Oh, you go. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just, you just take All it right. on. And then uh, I think at the end, uh, we were going to do a little Spotify thing. We'll mention that at the yeah. end. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. All right. So my track uh, for this week is um, the new single off of uh, Camp Cope's forthcoming uh, Running With a Hurricane album. And this is, this is something I'm really excited about. Mostly because it means I get to make Kevin listen to indie rock, uh, but <laughs> but also because um, I thought um, how to socialize and make friends uh, was just a fantastic album. I was late to it. That was kind of their their breakout album. I think stateside. Um, the trio hails from Melbourne. Um, they do not sound like a trio. They have a really big, uh, potent sound, uh, and the band is is composed of Georgia Mack, who is the singer songwriter guitarist she also put out a great solo album last year that i would highly recommend and she has a gold sounds tattoo so lots to recommend uh yeah. georgia georgia mac there um she's joined by kelly don helmrich uh on bass and you'll hear some really fun things from uh from kelly don on this song and uh last but not least sarah tomo thompson on drums who just really really pounds those uh those things and, and just gives the band there uh some of their strength so um, 
This album, I think, comes out in, in March or so, and this is the second single off of it. And if you know Camp Cope and you haven't listened to this yet, um, you might hear a little bit more uplift than you normally would uh, from them. I mean, it's still got all the Camp Cope big feelings and vulnerability and and, and fear and uh, and anger and all kinds of all kinds of things that we run to music for. But it's also got, dare I say it, a little bit of happiness. So um, why don't we roll it? All right. I can't get this hole I found. I've seen the light. It's not going out. She talks me up. I bring myself down. Comparing the best parts of you to the worst in by Camp Cope. Uh, the only way out is up. Kevin, what do you think? I think a couple things. Um, <laughs> first of all, I like this band describes themselves as power emo. Um, yes. Because, first of all, that would be the least likely thing I would ever listen to. 
But we're listening to True. it partially because I have to right now. <laughs> but <laughs> you're but a also, audience. I've always um, gotten this band mixed up with Big Thief only in your love for them. And I mentioned mm-hmm. that because I, the new Big Thief album uh, that just came out, I, I tried not to love it, and then I and I did love it. Um, this, I really like this. I I don't. Um, one thing that music music can serve a purpose at a time in your life, right? And as you get older, you know, you react to it a little differently and stuff. I'm generally uh, not a uh, in my uh, darkness. <laughs> Uh, feelings that much anymore um so i hear that and i'm like wow that's really good and it it there's a lot of other stuff that sounds like that and serves that purpose but w- what i know from your love of this band and what i know about other people who love this band and other bands like them is that delivered at the right moment uh that sentiment can literally save a life uh and 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 that in and of itself for me makes it uh, uh, just a just a hit like, like it's also we've talked about how weird it is to uh, to convey or communicate in songs like you would never say that to somebody right but it but it, it <laughs> right it, like nowhere to go up basically but like yeah. there's but but there's something about it being delivered uh, in uh this sort of howling vocal uh, that makes you feel it. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a, there's a, f- there's a fullness to the sound too. And I think mm-hmm. it's, it's, it, it, it marries well with, with Georgia Max really kind of distinctive, potent timbre, just um, her voice just carries so much emotion. And, and I mean, to your point, you know, take it from, take it from the unemployed, yeah. Soon to be divorced guy. Yeah. Uh, this is, you know, Camp Camp Cope have been have been finding me at the right point in my life. And uh, it's just been really great to be able to put something on like this. I mean, that song was three and a half minutes, I think. And it does it does more in those three and a half minutes than a lot of five minute songs do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and it does and it does think, important work in in that time. Yeah. Like if if you and and the other thing with feels and songs, I think if you're gonna be that open about it, like I I, I need to restate just so there's no confusion. I'm not a fan of emo music, but, <laughs> but yes. if, if, if you're going to pack that much emotion into it, you have to be as direct as possible and as powerful as possible when you do it. And that's, that's what, that's what they're doing. I mean, her specifically, um, yeah. I don't know, like they'd be wild if she just like, that's how she communicated period. Yeah, I don't. I I I have to admit I haven't seen enough or heard enough interviews with her. Um, I do. You know the 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 that that power emo moniker. When I first saw it too, I thought, oh, I you know I guess there are some things I like. That sort of you know dismemberment plan is a band that is Mm -hmm. often cited as being on the kind of on the periphery of emo and and Jawbox. You know, was sort of melodic and hard at a time when when that didn't happen a lot. Um, there's there's something less composed about this anger to me um and partly it's because it's because their their albums have these sort of big hooky moments not in like a not in like a fallout boy kind of way but in a just in a very just like um earnest you know it's like it's like the the original definition of earnest before it became the worst thing a person could be 
Fallout Boy is a good good example here and a good comp though because what Fallout Boy is is uh, good at is delivering all those hooks and stuff. And 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 I think when we talk about indie music, uh, especially stuff like this, I mean, this has a lot of indie cred, right? But really, mm-hmm. that's a pop song. It is, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and 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 you hear those instincts on on, on Georgia Mac's solo album a lot more. That is a that is a very hooky, um, uh, almost dancey kind of album. Yeah, um, in spots. Yeah, I dig it. I dig it. We'll be checking. It's out in what March, May, April? I think it's I think it's mid March. Um, we'll have to figure this out. Is it? Oh because, shit! It's March now. Yeah, it is March soon. <laughs> because I, <laughs> wow. I, I want to hear I want to hear more of that. Yeah. Is, is is what I what I'm getting to. So that is uh I thought that was the pick that was gonna break us, but it, it is not. <laughs> we survived. Uh, no, we we'll see we'll see our mine, new mics. So, uh I want to talk to you about an artist uh named Carson McCone. Uh she is from um uh, Austin, Texas, a uh country slash folk songwriter from there. A couple uh smaller albums out. This is her first album out on Merge, it's called Still Life. Um and she worked with Daniel Romano, and I don't know if you know who he is. He is a uh, Canadian musician. In during the pandemic, he put out something like three or four albums, like amazingly prolific. Uh, and and he has a certain sound, and this actually sort of fits into that. So it's a melding of his style and her style. They made it all in his home studio. Wow! So there's an energy to this song and this record that is, uh, I think, about Lydia Lovelace's indestructible machine. Um, it just has something that, that rips a little harder in it, even in the mm-hmm. quieter moments, and you feel that. Uh, there's also a lot of, in this song in particular, early Lucinda Williams, which, I mean, that's obvious. Like, that's that's just going to happen. Uh, but uh, in in looking more through her career, too, she's also a pretty accomplished artist. If you go to her website, uh, you can see all these paintings she's done, and there's a lot of art sprinkled on her albums and for album covers. Uh, I think her press photo she took herself. Uh, this is, oh, wow. yeah, yeah. So this is like a, a multifaceted artist who is, who is working in this one idiom, but I suspect that maybe she could do a lot of other things. But what she does right now is, uh, is really good. Uh, we'll see how you feel about this. this. The name of the track is Hawks Don't Share, uh, and it was off of Carson McCone's new album, Still Life. Boxes, babe, we don't make love. And I know what 
Hawkstone share from uh, Carson McCone with that can't stop, won't stop chorus that just fucking, like, yeah. the whole song's going and all of a sudden the chorus comes in and it's like, it just, <laughs> outer space, man. Yeah. It, 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 um, it really embodies that, um, that kind of axiom about uh, how, you know, you should, you should write the craziest, catchiest thing you can ever write and then that's the chorus. And then you should write something somehow even crazier and catchier than that. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that, that's the verse. And that's, and then, and then, you know, you, you have to outdo that for the chorus. And this song yeah. that just sort of layers on all those things where every, at every, um, every, every phase of the song, uh, like you greet it with a sort of a smile and a nod because it feels really good. It, so the, the, the verses and, and her, and her singing style reminded me a little bit of like a Kathleen Edwards, maybe. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, although the production is, is really different and, um, and really, really sort of like that, like I didn't see that hot sax solo coming. No. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah. Yeah. There's one on the Ocean Inner album too that like you don't see yes. coming. It's just like, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like wow. That's we're doing this. <laughs> uh, we are pro sax here though, so. Yeah, we are. Um, that's a that's a really nice song. Yeah. Was, was the line was? I I, what, I know that hawks don't share. Uh, okay. You can't. Some can't see uh, what you have from up there. Uh, something like that, which is such a okay uh, wow. a hardcore like emotional yeah. metaphor. It's not even though you're not not sharing. It's just like it's a hawk, and a hawk will yeah. tear you the fuck apart. Right. They're actual birds of prey, not like the eagles who were just scavengers um, right right yeah. yeah it's 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 a it's a great little track the album itself um there's a lot of stuff that stays in that mode but towards the end it starts to get very uh there's a couple songs with just her voice on it uh it's a beautiful record like is this is this out now yes okay yeah i'm gonna be ordering the vinyl i think yeah 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 like yeah. it's a brand new on merge um she is playing a cactus club in three weeks i think i think okay. i'll have to look up the tour dates um but yeah she's going out on tour uh daniel romano and his band or her band like they're gonna swap so it's like a touring unit and uh maybe they're coming to your town i know they're coming to dc uh, i'm keeping an eye out um i'm gonna hop onto bands in town right after this session right. and uh, make sure i get to see them all right. Uh, so with that out of the way, uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about, we haven't talked about jazz this year at all. And we're going to talk about some jazz. We're going to talk about some jazz. So, so hang tight and we'll be back in a minute.
The name of that track is Falling. That is off of uh, Melissa Aldana's Blue Note debut, 12 Star. She is she was born in uh, Santiago, Chile. Uh, she has a pretty strong reputation in the jazz world, and and she just uh, what Blue Note is doing over the past like ten years under the leadership of Don was is kind of remarkable. Um, they have been if you haven't been following along, people who don't listen to jazz too much. Uh, he took over in 2012, and then I think shortly thereafter he started launching the Tone Poet series, which are the most they're the best sounding records I think you could get like anywhere on vinyl. They're amazing. I don't know if you have any of them, Ed, but they are, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, uh, the Emmanuel Wilkins is one of yes. those, right? Yeah. 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 And that, yeah. that sounds and, gorgeous. Yeah. And so in addition to that, what was did was, that's a lot of was this. He, he, uh, his sort of MO was to bring a bunch of new talent to reinvigorate blue note, but not just reinvigorate blue note, but to like basically get people like jazz again. You're bringing all these new kids who have been playing in New York, Los Angeles and stuff, and he's bringing them all together. Uh, Manuel Wilkins, you mentioned is one. Uh, Melissa Aldana is another one. She was actually on another band that was sort of like a collective for them, uh, almost like a house band for Blue Note. Um, But like I said, this is her debut. Uh, This is... Not just the first time we've talked about jazz in this podcast, but this is this is a the first time we've talked about uh, a pandemic album. Mm-hmm. And right before the pandemic, uh, you know, life was going on before then. It was a little different, uh, but bad things happened then too, and uh, there were some life changes, relationship changes, and so she was dealing with that. And then all of a sudden, everything is locked down. All she has to do is deal with herself and her music, uh, which. I can imagine would be pretty hard. The results though are an album that's based on numerology and tarot readings, interpretations of that. Uh, the band for this, uh, Lage Lund is a guitarist, but he's a producer, um, used his band, Lage Lund, Sylvian Fortner on piano, Pablo Munares on bass and Kush, uh, Abadi on drums. And they put together, I, I want to see what, what your take on this is, but they put together sort of a, more of an ensemble piece than a showcase necessary for her saxophone playing. I agree with that. Okay. Um, it's, it's although, although her sax playing is, is really central to the album and it's, and it's also like, she just has such, such a commanding presence. Um, and I think I, I probably find her, her playing more compelling than a, a lot of other, you know, highly, yeah. uh, uh, who shall go unnamed, but, but, uh, other living saxophone players who, who can sort of fill big houses coast to coast here. I, I find this more interesting than a lot of what I heard from that other person. Man, that's a lot of shade, <laughs> uh, but no, you're right. There, there is, um, she's, she, she's, um, got a lot in common with somebody like uh, Nubaya Garcia. Yeah. I think this is, this feels a little more, uh, almost traditional, to me, because saxophone, saxophone, you can you can complement stuff, or you can like really take a a hard lead. You can go like Coltrane, or you can just get just out there uh, in sort of a freak mode. But I think it's because for me, when I hear this, her music has a lot just in common with jazz methodology, and not necessarily beholden to the sax. Uh, the song we heard, "Falling," reminds me of a Julian Lage track, uh, and mm-hmm. and and that type of uh, playing um, is 
not what all jazz sounds like <laughs> for people who don't know. <laughs> right. Um, and it's, you know, it, 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 you, you brought up Garcia and this is, you know, that, that album source, I think is her album, right? Yeah. That has, um, and, and, and the music she's done since has a little bit more of like a sort of dance oriented kind of sort groove oriented feeling. It. Yeah. And she's really leaning into, I think, sort of like kind of dubby, uh, sounding things. She's opening for Kruang, Krangbin and mm. playing to, you know, thousands of people. Um, this is, this, this is, this is a very different tone. This, this does feel a little bit closer to like some of those great, you know, early sixties, super heady sessions that yeah. you would have expected to see a, a Coltrane or a Lee Morgan or someone like that on. Yeah. Yeah. Because you put it on and you don't know necessarily like what time it's from, It which yes, is, which is, yes. a, which is a good hallmark for jazz, I think, um, you know, we, it, but it but it doesn't sound canned. It sounds fresh, right? I I, th yeah. I think that's the other thing is like it it has this timeless quality. But it but, um, you know, it's hard. I I just saw the Punch Brothers a few nights ago, oh, yeah. and um and they you know they're they they are very hardworking musicians. They're obviously incredibly proficient and talented and all that. And they try to do a lot to bring a new idiom to bluegrass uh, using uh, traditional bluegrass instrumentation, right? And, and sometimes that doesn't really, sometimes it's sort of like, okay, you guys almost don't sound like <laughs> you're playing acoustic instruments, but you still sound like you are right. There's like right. a moment there's, there's like, there's, there's a failure to quite sell the, uh, the persona, I think sometimes. Um, and that can happen with jazz too. There can be this effort to like, how do we find, how do we create space? How do we create ambiance? How do we do these other things that a typical jazz combo wouldn't do and a lot of and you know you get into some of those like very spacey kinds of things that you would also hear in the in the early 60s mm -hmm. and and still today frankly um and this this one doesn't do that this is really structured the solos are just really um and and in that sense it, it reminds me it's funny we were talking about emmanuel wilkins who i also just saw it reminds me a lot of um the seventh sign album because it has yeah. that sort of organic holistic feel too well i think a lot of these people have been playing together first of all um they obviously have if they're both on blue note but like i, th I think that's a vibe in in younger uh jazz players today uh to your point about like being like too far out there i think i mean that that goes across uh idioms and and i equate it to like how a guitar player uses a, a, an effects rack Right. Mm -hmm. And you clearly you get good at what you're doing by understanding the idiom you want to work in. But there's always cheats, whether it's in jazz, whether it's in country, rock, whatever, there's always cheats for a guitar player. It's it's a guitar pedal. It's a delay pedal. You know, you can you can instantly like avoid <laughs> actually executing on that. And what she and this band does so well is that they do drift really close to traditional jazz at some points on this, but they, they're just showing that they can play it because it's important that jazz players be able to play that stuff. Yeah. Like those notes were when you, when you think about what's rapidly becoming my favorite type of jazz album, it just sounds like something uh, like you walked into the, the gin mill in Chicago and, uh, and just sat down and, and caught a set like and and it doesn't sound like it doesn't sound live it definitely is it's produced in a studio but it's it feels live 
Um, it it um it reminded me a little bit just the 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 quality of the recording and the and the and the sound reminded me a little bit of some of the famous like Rudy Van Gelder things like yeah. like there were moments where it sort of sounded like an Art Blakey session Grant or something Green, man. happening yeah yeah like, like all the all of that stuff never Sonny Stitt but <laughs> <laughs> um he has his detractors we, but not here we know we should do another special on him but it's neither here nor there <laughs> uh, I want to play another track on this this is the track that, that finishes the album um. This is I, I probably the most traditional or the most melodic on the album. Yeah, but that makes sense. It's it's, it's interesting that it, that this was the lead single because I don't find it to be I don't find it to be that representative of the album as a whole. And I think part of what part of what it does is it really sort of announces that there's something a little bit different about the record. Yeah, and, and well, it's in a great contrast to that first album, uh, yeah. that first track, which is like it's. You know, a seven-minute track, and it goes places. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, here's a little 12 stars off of uh, Melissa Aldana's 12 stars. stars off the album 12 stars there's a point about like two minutes in maybe a minute and 50 minutes in where her saxophone just sort of kind of falls apart as the drums like just it just it's Mm -hmm. it's beautiful and it and it is exemplary of what a genre like jazz can really do as opposed to other idioms and other genres like that you can i know people think that it's all about like the notes um, it's not. It's about the communication between 
not even necessarily players, but just the the player and the audience, like what they know somebody's going to be hearing this. Um, if you think about something like Force Majeure, um, like yeah. the Brandy Younger and Desmond, I mean that that's about communication to the people watching, and and it it's it's tighter for me uh, these days than anything in like indie rock country, you know, whatever, you know, whatever meaning you want to do. I think hip hop gets there, but in a different way. It it does, but there's you know. Because I hadn't, I'm just reflecting on the uh, the Emmanuel Wilkins show I just saw. Because I hadn't seen a small jazz combo in a in a while, mm-hmm. um, in in like a small room like that. And um, when you know they call the you know the person whose name is on the record is the session leader, right? Yeah. And um, and you know it's there's a there's a sort of there's a there's a degree of leadership and authority or or whatever that you get, but you can only get it if if your bandmates trust in you. Mm-hmm. And if they see the vision and if they want to be a part of what, of what is happening and what, what, what I get from this record is that, you know, they, they are really, um, not only are they locked in, but there's a lot of deep shit going on here. And yeah. I don't know, we don't have the physical release yet, so I don't know if the liner notes will go into this, but, um, but certainly in the, in the press notes, there are some really big emotions that are being worked through here and, yeah. uh, and tackled, right? Yeah. And, and that's an interesting thing about jazz too, is that it's not like uh, a song like Camp Cope, where where we heard right. like it just tells you up front. If there's no vocalist, it it doesn't tell you. And yeah. the instinct I think for a listener can be to like, this is ridiculous. What do you mean it's about something? Um, so you know you do have to get used to a little bit. Like yeah, read the press release, read what somebody says. If there's an interview about like for a jazz artist, that's vital. If uh, they think that they might not be getting it across the more you listen to jazz though i feel like you can have just the barest hint of what's going on and then it comes across you know like i didn't know anything about that uh floating points album the floating points ferris sanders mm-hmm. promises mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I know what's going on though <laughs> I mean, yeah it speaks it yeah. speaks for itself yeah. I think. <laughs> and and it's not just that it's pretty it's just like it, it gets inside and and makes you think and relate to it. And that's the point of all this is that you're relating to another human expressing themselves. Um, maybe not in, in a, in a poppy, you know, everything's great. Yeah. You know, or the national way, <laughs> whichever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, this has been a really nice, you know, we're, we're, we're recording this and we're what, six days into Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Yeah. And, um, and it's, we haven't really talked about that and we don't need to, this is a music podcast, but having something like this to, um, there, uh, was really helpful to me over the last few nights, I think. Yeah. Um, especially because there's a, there's a sort of power and there's a, a kind of focus that this album, um, demands that gets you out of, you know, ceaselessly checking Twitter or the news, um, to see if things have somehow gotten even worse. Um, right. So I know that she had her reasons for doing this, but, but it's being received at a time that is also very difficult. And I think it'll help a lot of people. Yeah. 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 I think so. And I think, um, again, to like really push jazz into the mind of our listeners, um, you can hit up either of us now and get like some really good recommendations, Besides this record, 
Um, yeah. it, it, I mean, if we if we wanted to do a podcast, uh, the whole show is just about jazz. We would we could do that, and uh, I don't yes. know that anybody we would could, pay attention. It. <laughs> yeah, but um, but it, you know, it it is it can be such an enriching uh, form of human expression that you a lot of people overlook. Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it, you said human expression there, which I think is interesting because part of what Blue Note has been able to do recently is to bring forward folks like her or like um, Nduduzu Makatini. Yeah. Um, and, and really find interesting, you know, there's, there's been this question of like, to what extent is jazz an American idiom? There's been great stuff coming out of London for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that we have, you know, we really have South America on the map here with this record and it's, it's really cool that this is on Blue Note. Yeah. Yeah. They're, 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 uh, and look, that cat, Don was is out playing with Bob Weir, you know, <laughs> he, I mean, yeah. and. It shows um, that if you have somebody or a group of people that are shepherding music in a way that they're doing it because they actually care about it and understand what what they're doing, it's a product. Like to be clear, like this is it's Blue Note is the biggest jazz label in history. Uh, it's a product, but uh, something shifted over the past few years that really made it about the people and and i think albums like this shine on it uh, the Emmanuel wilkins uh like yeah. everything they put out is just uh highlights the fact that it is about the people stupid <laughs> you yeah. know and not in also. a celebrity way you know you 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 mentioned lee morgan and uh there was there's a film about him but a lot of people know it very tragic you know life yeah, uh, and it's a beautiful uh, movie. I, I have yet to see it, uh, but if you listen to his playing, you get a lot of that pain, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And and it's not sensational. Even well, like, his story is kind of sensational, <laughs> but uh, Spoiler, yeah, <laughs> but but it's not it's not intended to be. It's it's sort of like that's just what happened to him. Yeah. You know, and, and I think yeah. uh, truly the greatest art is coming out of out of those. And I think in common, what we have in, in this episode is that these three artists are actually sort of little more tuned in to that vibe than maybe a lot of other people. They're all, those are all, you know, all of those tracks could have been overthought. Um, yeah, exactly. And they could have been too, you know, too conceptual or too sort of uh, too much brain and not enough heart. And um, and yeah, I mean, we didn't we obviously didn't plan it out this way, but but these all these all ended up being really kind of personal statements. Yeah. Yeah. I dig it. I dig it. So go out and get uh, Melissa Aldana's 12 stars that is out on Friday, which is what the fourth. Yes. Okay. Um, the only day of the year that's a sentence, March 4th. <laughs> okay. Um, sorry. You, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. You get it. Uh, um, the <laughs> uh, yeah. The other two are, are well, Kim Cope is now, but, uh, 
Carson McCone's house uh, album is out still life on merge. And that is it. We're going to be back in two weeks. I don't know what we're talking about. Uh, maybe we'll talk about Spotify at some point in there. I know Mauricio is heading down to South by Southwest. So he's going to come back and talk to us about what he saw there. And uh, in the meantime, if, uh, vibes if anyone up. is going, yeah, if anyone's going to Knoxville for the, for the all ears festival oh, or whatever that thing is called, let us know and we'll just we'll just give the show to you yeah uh, more is going <laughs> just more more is hosting yeah panels. more speaking Marcus there. more yeah um yeah. it's still not it's still not off the table maybe uh well yeah maybe it's, maybe we'll see but uh I also it's in the like meantime, 11 hours from dc the only thing we'll say you know like you mentioned it is a heavy time uh in in the world right now so just whatever vibes or whatever you have for Ukraine, uh, the people there, their families. I know we were extremely lucky. Uh, one of my best friends, Andre, his wife is at State Department. They were stationed in Ukraine. Uh, he was evacuated, mm-hmm. and then she was evacuated. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're safe. Uh, they are in Washington, D.C., but uh, there are people who who don't have that option. They're there. Yeah. So if you... Uh, be more like Jose Andreas, <laughs> you know, Here he's over there cooking for people. But yeah, just, uh, just try to, uh, if you can help out, help out. And then, uh, otherwise keep them your thoughts and that is it. So we will talk to you later. Later. Everybody.